Welcome, everyone, to the pilot episode of Force of Nature Podcast. I am your host, Matthew D. Hamilton, and I'm here with my co-host, David Botcher. Terrific. And Dave, I'm glad you're here. I have some crazy stories for you today, all right? Okay. And if you're listening, I want everybody to know that Dave has absolutely no idea what we're going to be talking about today, do you, Dave? No clue. That's no. right. So on today's pod, what we're going to be talking about is, of course, animals. Okay. Animals. Okay. We have animals. We have famous people. Oh, okay. Animals, famous people, and death. Lots of death. Animals, famous people, death. Okay. Put that together. What do you have? Politics. <laughs> <laughs> nope. What we have is famous people killed by animals. Okay. All right. I knew that. Oh, I knew it. Oh, I'll get right into the next time. All right. And we're going to start. I got a couple stories, so I'm going to start with this first one, okay? Okay. Uh, this one is going to be called Grizzly Man. That's the name of it. Hmm. And you may have heard of this guy. We're talking about a gentleman named Timothy Treadwell. Does that ring a bell? No, All right. Well, you, you might actually know who he is as soon as I get talking more. So Timothy Treadwell was also known as the Grizzly Man. Okay. And what he was, he was an American bear enthusiast. He was an environmentalist, actor, documentary filmmaker. This is ringing a bell yet? No. Okay. Well, maybe I think I know the guy. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I bet it will coming up. Is so. Let me know if if you remember him at all. Okay. All right. So he was born on April April of 1957. He was born in Long Island, New York. I don't have that much information on his early years, but after his college years. He's said to have gone in kind of a downward spiral, okay? Mm -hmm. He became started drinking a lot, started using drugs, he was alcoholic, a druggie. And part of this is due to some failed auditions that he had as an actor. Yeah. And we both know being yeah, an actor sounds, yeah. sounds familiar, right? We both know <laughs> acting is tough and auditions, oh, I hate auditions. They're the yeah. worst things. But uh, and one of the uh, auditions that he actually lost for, you, you might know this. I've heard of this TV show. You might actually have watched it a lot. Cheers. Yeah. Okay, so he actually was in the running for the role of Woody Boyd. That's the Woody? that's the character played by Woody Harrelson. Oh, okay. Yeah, you got to be a Woody to play a Woody, I guess. <laughs> All right. But uh so in his yeah, there's uh after his college years, he wasn't doing too well. He was addicted to drugs and alcohol. Uh but he was a lover of animals since he was a childhood, and somewhere during his adult life, he traveled to Alaska to watch the bears, okay? And after his first encounter with the wild bear, he knew he knew he found his calling in life and believed that his destiny was entwined with the bears. And at this point, he attributed his alcohol and drug recovery entirely on his relationship with the wild bears. Mm. Yeah, so whatever works, right? Yeah. All right, and... So what Timothy was, no, what he was actually known for was spending years in Alaska filming himself observing the bears. He did this for about 13 years before his death, which I'm going to get to in a little bit, okay? Okay. Uh, spoiling the ending, then. No spoiling, no <laughs> spoiling yet. And appeared on, he appeared on various TV programs, including Discovery Channel, David Letterman, and and Dateline NBC, okay? Huh. So he, he was he's out there. This was in the early, late 90s, early 2000s when this was going on. Oh, you think I'd know the guy then? Wait, I, I swear, he's, it's, this, is a, this is a pretty famous story of this guy. Oh. So uh, what he would do over, he would spend uh, over months at a time in Alaska, obviously during the summer months, 
And I've seen some of the footage that he shot, and it really is incredible. Like, oh, yeah. this guy, he did an excellent job at doing these documentary, getting photographs. But he was also, I think he might be certified insane. Because well, when yeah, I say he was getting close to these bears, I mean barely further than you and me away. Wow. We're talking like four or five feet away. And they were all grizzlies, right? Yeah, these are Jeez. the big grizzly bears. Wow. And what, uh, so we all know what a grizzly bear is, right? Yeah. We all know, what, I don't need to go into too much detail about a grizzly bear or what they're like, because we all already know. But just to give you a little bit, uh, these grizzly bears in Alaska are a species of brown bear, okay? So if you've ever heard grizzly bears, somebody say there's a difference between a grizzly bear and a brown bear, this is the exact same thing. We just have a different name for them here in North America. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. But a brown, they have brown bears are all over the world. They're in Russia. They're, they're some in Europe. They're, they're all over the place, okay? But the yeah. grizzlies are bigger than... No. In Europe, aren't they? No. The brown bear in Europe? No. Really? No, the the biggest ones are actually on the coastline. So you're you're talking your Kodiak. Usually uh-huh. you've heard of Kodiak. That's the ones in Alaska that he's following. Or is mm, it just Kodiak? those are the grizzlies? Those are grizzly. Okay. Okay, now you're confusing me. So the Kodiaks are like what you call the Russian ones. Okay. And grizzlies are what we call them in North America. But they're all I mean, there's some subspecies in there, but they're virtually it's the same. They're all under the category of brown bears. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And uh, you, then you have your black bears, and how you can tell them apart is one's brown, one is black. <laughs> well, wait, some black bears are brown, aren't they? I don't. Black bears are smaller. Black bears are smaller, yeah, but they're all. You know what? They're, they're brown bears and black bears. Grizzly bears are part of the brown bear family. All right, we're spending way too much time on this grizzly <laughs> bear. Grizzly bears are brown and mean, and they're under the the brown bear umbrella. And then black bears are black. They're under the black bear umbrella. So there's two separate things, okay? Moving on. <laughs> oh, well, now I'm going to mention another type of bear. So brown bears, grizzly bears, Kodiak bears are the second largest type of bear right behind polar, polar bear. Okay? And we all know what polar bears are, right? Yeah. Okay. That one's pretty self-explanatory. All right. So we're talking about the grizzlies here, though. So the females, they can range between three to four to five hundred pounds, depending, okay? And the males, the big guys, they can get up to four to eight hundred pounds, okay? Okay. And, man, they are just massive animals, and they can... I've seen footage of of two... of Timothy Treadwell's footage of two big uh, male brown bears just fighting, hashing out. And it is... the force that they have is incredible. And what they could do to a human is just toss them around like a rag doll, I swear. Gee, I'd rather watch and we're going to get to that. We're going to get to them tossing somebody around like a, round, uh, like a rag doll pretty soon. <laughs> Spoiler alert. All right. And so he was also known for being extremely close to the bears, right? And he had a lot of issues with the National Park Service in Alaska for obvious reasons that he was endangering himself. And uh, he, Timothy was not one to listen to their warnings, right? That's going to come back to haunt him. Because in 2003, Timothy took his girlfriend, Amy Hognard. I don't know how to say this name. We're just calling her Amy. <laughs> Amy H. I don't know if it's Hagnard. Hag- I don't know. Anyway, Amy H. With him to film, okay? They ended up not leaving at the time they originally planned. Okay, so when I say that they're out there filming, they're just spending their nights in tents. Okay. They're moving around a little bit every couple weeks, you know. Okay. Moving around. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. And they, uh, so 
<clears throat> what they ended up doing is that they ended up not leaving at the time they originally planned, and they extended their stay for an extra few days, okay? And on October 5th of 2003, Timothy talked to an associate on a satellite phone, and he and Amy were going to be picked up by an air taxi the very next morning. On October 6th, the very next day, when the taxi pilot arrived, they found their campsite completely abandoned. All right. Hmm. The pilot called park rangers, and they quickly came and quickly upon investigation found that the mangled remains of both Timmy and Amy. A large male grizzly was protecting this area, and actually charged at the park rangers, and they had to kill it. Whoa. So they killed this big, big male grizzly bear, and they 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 knew what happened. You can tell when somebody's been attacked by something. But just to make sure what they did, they cut the bear's stomach open, okay? And they found, they, they found the parts. They found fingers. They found, uh, they found meat. They found cl even clothing they found in the bear's stomach, okay? So 13 years doing this, he was out there. Even, he even named a couple of the bears. I saw one video where he's just five feet away from this bear, uh, grabbing a salmon out, out of the stream and just eating it. And he's like, oh, this is cracker, cracker. Ooh, I love you, Cracker. Oh. <laughs> and so this guy, I don't know if all was there or not, but the craziest part about all of this, that's a, the attack, was it was actually recorded. Wow. So, and when I say recorded, it wasn't video. It wasn't video, but it was audio. There's actual audio of this out there. I looked it up. It's just on YouTube. Jeez. You can find it. And if you do, I don't let I'd probably not let you have your kids around because it is crazy gruesome you can hear timothy screaming top of his lungs and you hear amy i must i think it's attacking timothy at the time the bear is attacking timothy at the time so amy's just shouting there's nothing she can do she could Whoa. throw a rock that's not it's not going to do anything to the bear and then in outside of the screams you hear this <laughs> like deep guttural sound of a bear man it, it raises the hairs on your arms mm -hmm. i'm telling you that and it is gruesome so if you want to listen to that, go to YouTube. You can find it. And there's actually there's actually a lot more to this story. And I'm thinking about even doing a whole episode on this guy. There's so much more to this story of Timothy. And I think he'd be good for a longer extended episode. What do you think? Gee, yeah. Does that sound interesting? So you haven't heard of this guy? No. You never heard of him? No. No. Well, yeah, if you can't wait until the next episode, Dave, do we know what you can do? What? You can order his book. Among Grizzlies Living with the Wild Bears in Alaska. It's on Amazon for nine ninety nine. I found it. Wow. How'd he write it? <laughs> oh, well, he was alive when he wrote it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but if, uh, if you don't even want to do that, what you can do is also on YouTube, you can watch the whole documentary called Grizzly Man. I highly recommend oh. it. It's, obviously, this is made after his death, and this film got a lot of awards. And you know what? It also has a 93% fresh rating. Wow. So, hey. That sounds watchable. It it is. I, I've watched. I've watched it all, and it is very good. There's some different. They throw some different things in there, so that's why I want to. I want. I want to do a full episode on it. Oh yeah. To really, to really get at Timothy as a person. So I think. I think we're gonna do a whole episode on him one time. But there you go. That is the story, Grizzly Man. Right on. You like that? Yeah. Any questions about this one? Why take a sip of water? Let's see. Uh, let's see. So how long had he been living with the Grizzlies before the attack? 
Uh, he was there also. This is his last day. This is his last couple of days. So he was probably near the end of the summer. So probably like two months or so. Two months. Yeah. yeah. It's weird they would attack them after two months. Yeah, and like when he called in there, he had no. There was no. He when he called in with the satellite phone, he never said anything about a problem bear. But uh, we're gonna get in. I think we're gonna we're gonna do a whole episode on him. So let's let's save the questions for him. Okay. Yeah, okay. All right. So we're gonna move on. All right, so what we're going to do is we're in a fetal position for the bear, right? What we're going to do, we're going to... We're in a fetal position? Yeah, we're getting attacked by a grizzly, Dave. Oh, uh, we're going to fetal position, we're going to stand up, we're going to punch the bear in the face, and then you know what we're going to do? Uh, we're going to run over to our time machine. Okay? Okay. Hop in it. You know what? We're going back in time now. Oh, how, how far? We're, oh, we're going far back. We're talking medieval times here. Ooh. We're going to the late 1300s. Wow, okay. That is early 14th century, correct? Ooh, yes, my lord. Yes, yes. And you know what? Here we're going to meet the Duke of Ireland. Actually, wait, 13th century is 1200, 1200s. Is it? No. Yeah. No, no, 1300s, but it's 14th century, right? 14, yeah, that's right. That's right, okay. okay. 14th century. We're meeting the Duke of Ireland, Robert de Vere. Mm, okay. Okay? You ever heard of him? No. That's fair. I bet nobody else has either. <laughs> he was also the ninth Earl of Oxford and Marquess of Dublin. Dublin. I have, Dublin. Yeah, whatever the hell that means. I have no clue. Did not look it up. All right. So, Robert. He was also a favorite companion of King Richard II. Mm, so, that's the one prior. Richard III. Richard, that's the one from the Crusades? I don't know. You, I, I, I try to find out more information about Richard II, but you should see his Wikipedia. It's about a mile long, and yeah. it was, nah, just no. <laughs> but you want to know what I did find out about Richard and Robert? Is that they have, well, okay, here, let me, let me say that like this. Robert and King Richard were said to be so close, they were good buddies, they said to be so close that they had a sexual relationship with each other. Ooh. Alright? And I'll take that what you will. I'm I'm just trying to look up cool animal stories to tell you guys. Next thing I know, I'm six tabs deep trying to find out who was banging who in this relationship. I have no clue. Alright? So, this is about them animal style, or is this... There's an animal... <laughs> yeah, he was banging them animal style. <laughs> we'll go down. <laughs> animal style, Okay. <laughs> Uh, all right, and because of his relationship uh, with the king, he—we're talking about Robert. Well, because of his relationship with the king, he was largely unpopular amongst the nobles at the time. Nobody really liked him. When we're talking nobles, we're talking that was the politicians back mm -hmm. then, and they ruled certain areas. So he was not well liked in his area. Okay. All right, now his death. His death is a familiar story if you've seen Game of Thrones. Yeah. You've seen Game of Thrones, right? Uh -huh. Okay. Who hasn't? Right. Except for my kids. Watch my it. kids haven't. Well, that's fair. That's, <laughs> they're not old enough. <laughs> All right. So, what he, uh, how it relates to it is because he had he had three giant eggs and he didn't really know what to do with them. Okay. Mm -hmm. Three giant eggs, and when they eventually they hatched, and what was inside of them were three fire breathing fire breathing dragons. Quickly, they were hungry. And they just ate Robert up limb from limb. Wait, what? Yeah, that is not true. That is not what happened at all. Made that up. Oh, gee. All right. Wait, yeah, who is Robert? 
Robert's the Duke of Ireland we've been oh, talking okay. about. <laughs> Robert this is Richard this is Duncan. one of those stories that it's so far back in time that there's not that information that much information. So I'm just kind of I I just saw that he was what he was killed by, and I was like, oh, Game of Thrones. So I'm gonna tell this story. Okay. And then I then I started following into his uh, homosexual relationship. So then I started delving into that, and that's what happens when you're doing this research. Oh. All right. <laughs> All right, what really happened is that he went on a hunting trip. And what he was attacked by was a wild boar. All right? Mm. Wild boar, just like Game of Thrones. Like first Robert season. Brathian. Yeah, I couldn't remember his name. Robert Brathian. Yeah. I liked him. Yeah. He was he was a good character. Yeah. So I just picture Robert, our guy Robert, sitting on his deathbed, just drinking, drinking wine. Might as well. He's going to die soon, right? Yeah. All right, so he's dead. Our boy Richard is dead. Did I say Richard? I meant so, Robert. Robert. So he got mauled by a... He got gored by a boar. Gee. Did it say where or how? Or? No, that's one thing about this story is that there's just not that much information. But uh, I stuck to it because of this, I don't know, King Richard and Robert. They, yeah. I just I found them that interesting. similar to Robert Brathian. It's got to be. Because like, he liked to drink. Well, except of course Robert he Brathian didn't. wasn't uh, bi or anything, you know. But uh, he might not have even you know, bi. Maybe we don't know what he yeah, was. He could true. have been full yeah, on homosexual. We don't know. That's true. All right. Yeah, maybe he was drinking. Well, to kind of hit the, the point that one of them him. was probably homosexual, we're going to say this. Hit it's also said that after after Robert died, King Richard was so distraught he had Robert's body shipped all the way back to England so he could. L- gaze upon his friend's face and kiss him one last time the sound yeah so i know i know this this story was light on it was light on animals and animal attacks there wasn't uh, a lot of information but you know you got you got a very homoerotic relationship between 14th century nobles so you're welcome (laughs) nice yes that is that is the story of our boy the duke of ireland right on all right, I'm gonna hop back in our time machine here, Dave. Okay, where are we heading? Woo, we're heading south. We're heading south. So we were in Europe. We were in Ireland. So we're gonna head a little bit south. Same time period. No, oh. we're gonna head south and forward about 500 years. Okay. So do you know where we're gonna be? We're gonna be in Spain. Okay. How does that sound? Sounds Ooh, that nice sounds terrific. Just nice and warm, yeah. lovely beach. All right, so we're gonna be there in 1920. Wow. Okay. All right. The year is 1920. And our our boy here, our man, is Jose Gomez Ortega. Okay. I'm sure you've never heard of him either. No. Now, what he is famous for, he is considered, and still is, one of the most famous matadors of all time. Matadors is a bullfighter. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. All right. And, well, spoiler, killed by a bull. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you. All right, he goes by the name of Joseleto, I think. It's it's like Jose with Lido on the Joseleto. Joseleto. Or he also goes by Galito. Galito. G A L L I T O. We're gonna call oh, him that's that. Gai, Gai, Gaito. I don't know. Gai is that? Yeah, two L's is with a Y sound. Okay, so this is Gaito. Now. I don't know about you, Dave, but I know nothing about bullfighting. Do you? Do you know anything? A little. I, know I just know that they hold a red blanket and the well, bull yeah, charges. They get the, they get the bull as mad as they can, and then they'll, yeah, they they have the cape. They'll wave around. They just dodge the, the bull. 
I've heard of stuff. They just do flips over them. You know, they do all kinds what? of stuff. And yeah, and then when the bull gets tired or after a while, they the so do they crowd do, decides whether it gets so the crowd because I know they have like a sword or a spear that they use. Do yeah. they kill it with it? I know they the kill sword. the bulls, they but have spears sometimes they use to prod it to get it mad. As far as I know, that's it's all kind that's of just it all I've sounds kind of messed it. up. Yeah, it's a poor thing. But it sounds like a 20, 20th century activity to do, right? It, yeah, they get something that's on steroids. You know, the biggest thing they've got that's got more testosterone. <laughs> just just roid up the bowl. I, I wouldn't doubt yeah. it either. Yeah. All right, well, <laughs> outside of that, our our guy, Haleto? Which one? What did I say? You know what? His name's Jose Leto. Jose Leto. I'm calling him that the rest of the time. I don't care. So Jose Leto was a child prodigy. He was a third generation, okay? And third generation bullfighter and became a professional bullfighter at the age of 17. He was actually doing it since he was like 13 or 14 Wait a a second. I just want to stop here. So you have a child prodigy that goes into bullfighting. I wonder if he had the most disappointed parents in the world. (laughs) Well, they were bullfighters. His father was a bullfighter. His grandfather was a bullfighter. He's a third generation. Oh, you think he'd be like... No, go into politics or go into the business. I'm going to be a bullfighter. No, no, Jose, you cannot do it. They go down the line and children are what they want to be. Yeah. I want to be a politician. Our families. <laughs> yeah. All right. So he uh, at one point, uh, he and his rival, his name was Juan Belamont, they ushered in what is still known as the golden age of bullfighting. Ooh. All right. And now, now we're getting to his death here in a second. That's interesting, too. His rival is someone who fights bulls as well. So they never actually fight each no, other. No, they never fight each other. But they're and, they, uh, and if they kill the bulls, then it's like they can't even get information on each other. Like, hey, so uh, I know you... Like, they talk to the bulls and like, hey, I know you fought my boy Juan. And <laughs> yeah, it's like... Pay him off. Yeah, pay the bull off. Like, can, oh, you I'll you give you some uh, lady bulls. And <laughs> if you want, uh, I'll pay you off. Tell me something about him. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's, there's none of that going on. <laughs> All right, and so I'm actually proud of myself because I got a excellent resource on this one, okay? Okay. And so I got this resource from the New York Times, and this takes place on May 18th, 1920. I found a New York Times article from 1920, all right? Wow. And I'm going to read it to you. It's, it's pretty much word for word. It's only a page long, so it's okay. not that long. Uh, but this is what it says in the New York Times, 1920. The noted terror... Should I do it in Spanish? The noted terador. No, we're not going to do that. <laughs> the noted terador, which is also a name for matador, I guess. Julieto was killed last night at a plaza de Talavera. At a plaza. As he was about to dispatch the fifth bull of the evening. So, so they do kill him. Wow. That's a lot of bulls. Five in one night. Yeah. All right. Reports of this occurrence are somewhat confused. But what... But most agree that Julieto lost his life when he jumped into the ring to save another torador, Sanchez Mahias. Mahias, yeah, we're Mahias, whatever. Who was in a dangerous situation while fighting while fighting a bull. The animal turned furiously to Haletio, caught him with his horns, and tossed him around like a ragdoll. Ooh. I added ragdoll. <laughs> a bullfight which was to have been held in Madrid today is in connection with King Alfonso's birthday celebration was abandoned because of Julieto's death. Julieto was only 23 years old. Wow. And he was uh, 23 years old, had been in the 
I had been in the bullring since he was 14. Julieto was engaged to be married, and his fiance watched as Julieto died in the bullring. Mm. The dead Torador was born in Seville, Spain, and uh, he leaves a fortune of about 400,000 earned in the bullring. 400,000 in 1920. What? That's got to be a lot. Oh, yeah. I I don't I didn't do the math. I didn't even think about it until I read it right now. But man, that's got to be a lot. Like hundred million in today's money. I have no clue. For if infla- I, with inflation, I have no clue what hmm. what it's gonna be. But uh, that's 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 quite the that's quite the money right there, huh? Yeah, that's a ton. All right, and in the last paragraph of the newspaper, the killing of Julieto caused more emotion than in Spain than the death of a monarch or pope. Wow. So he's like a beloved, hugely beloved sports figure, and that died doing what he loved. So that's a heroic thing. It was heroic. Yeah, to them it was. It's heroic. It's it's everything that you want. Um, one thing I'm gonna say. Oh, that's the story of Julieto. That's that's Julieto. One thing I'm gonna mention is that because also in that exact same issue of the New York Times, May 18th, 1920. Guess what else I found? Article of Babe Ruth. Oh, hey. Article of Babe Ruth. And what they talked about is, talked about, it was early in the season then, right? So it's May, so it's early in the season. And Babe Ruth was on already way ahead of the home runs that he hit previously, the previous year. He was at five. (laughs) But that is still right in the beginning of the season. And the previous year, he only had one at this time. So, Hmm. you know, that's Babe Ruth. He can, he, home run king. And there was actually only six teams in 1920, or 16 teams in 1920. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I found that out there. Interesting. Yes. All right. You worn out yet, Dave? No, I'm good. I'm good? I got, I got one more for you. All right, let's do this. Got one more. We're going to hop hop back in our time machine, okay? okay? And we're skipping on over. We're heading to India. Yep. We're going to open our doors. Oh, and we're going to instantly not be able to breathe because all the pollution. In India? Wait, what, what time period is this? This is pretty recent. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's pretty recent. All right. And here we're going to meet our guy. His name is Surinder Singh Bajwa. We're just going to call him Surinder. I can, I can do that name. I can handle it. And what he was, he was the deputy mayor of Delhi. Delhi. Okay. Is the big... Old Delhi or New Delhi? It doesn't say. I, we're just going to say New Delhi. I think they're right next to each other, aren't they? I don't know. I'm not sure. No, I'm pretty sure they're right next to each other. And New Delhi's the capital. You can so. find a Delhi on every corner. You can so find a Delhi. Yeah, they probably are. Uh, all right. So we're, we're in 2007 right now, by the way. 2007, okay? okay? Um, <clears throat> and we're meeting the deputy mayor, Surinder. And it's unfortunate because he's not going to be deputy mayor for very long. All right? And on Oct- he became deputy mayor in April... And in October, October 20th, 2007, he was killed. Hmm. On this day, Surinder was reading the morning newspaper when a gang of about four monkeys hmm. that began harassing him. All right, now before I get any further, these monkeys, they are called Reyes Macaques. I think that's the right, how you say hmm. I think it's Macaques. They are, if you've ever seen a TV show or anything, or maybe you've been to India or Southeast Asia, they're the monkeys that are all over the city, just causing okay. ruckus and chaos all over the city. They're the ones. They're found in India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, Nepal, Burma, 
Thai, uh, Thailand and Afghanistan. Oh, and also Vietnam and southern China. So, you know, they're everywhere. Gee. They actually have the widest geographic range of any non-human primate. Wow. So, they're they're everywhere. They're, they're, um, they're of least concern on the endangered endangeredness they're they're of least concern so uh they are particularly abundant in in delhi and new delhi if they're next to each other area where they cause all kinds of ruckus and chaos a lot of the times at popular temples tourist destinations a lot of like the famous monuments famous statues they're all they seem to hang and linger all around that area they're not even in like the poor uh poor areas they hang out where most of the tourists go because oh, the tourists okay. are particularly, they're particularly fond of tourists, right? Dude, that's, they're no dummies. They're smart. They, they are. They're they smart, but God, they are little bastards. I hate these. I hate monkeys. I I do <laughs> not like monkeys at all. Ugh. All right. The tourists think they're all cool and like tourists think they're cute at first. Like, oh, monkeys. We're not used to monkeys. Oh, hi, monkeys. Oh, that's a terrible idea. Do not do that. Uh, these squint, these monkeys just take advantage of these people, and they'll hop on their backs, grab stuff out of their backpack, grab stuff out of their pockets, grab stuff out of their hands, anything that they can get. It doesn't matter if it's bags of chips, sodas, beer. They will take it, they will eat it, and or, and or drink it, no matter what it is. They will get their hands on it at all costs. And they'll even like do like little distraction techniques. They've they've learned that. Like at the markets there, they'll have one that uh, distracts the guy selling the fruit, and then the others from the roofs start coming down, and they'll grab the fruits and take them back up, and the guy comes back like, oh, they don't know what happened. Gee. They're little bastards. I hate these guys. This is starting to sound like Bangkok. Yeah. <laughs> really, this Without, the <laughs> <laughs> Without the monkeys. Without the monkeys. They can li- They can also literally do whatever they want around this place because uh, the, they, they can't. Well, they could, but they won't kill them because uh, in India, they're not allowed to kill them. Uh, they're not. Well, they could, I guess, but they're not supposed to because of the Hindu religion. Okay. Okay. They regard monkeys as a living link to the deity Hunamun. Hun- Hunamun. Wow, interesting. Know. He's a monkey god who symbolizes strength. So hmm. they let all these monkeys just run wild and. They'll try to shoo them away a little bit, but there's nothing they're, they're going to do about it. Hmm. And uh, one method in trying to control the monkeys uh, <laughs> is actually kind of funny. One method they use, is used by the rich and some of the rich politicians, is they actually hire uh, other monkeys. Interesting. They hire uh, larger species of monkeys called a langur to guard their areas and scare scare away the smaller monkeys. Oh, so they got the shark gang to go after the jets, huh? Pretty much. And they uh they have a they pay them. They have a nice pay scale. They get well, at a beginning langur monkey being a guard will start out three monk three bananas a week or three bananas a day and then it just goes up from there. Yeah, I'm sure the union will change that. <laughs> no, that is not true. They have <laughs> monkey handlers and uh, they're the ones who keep track of these langurs. But yeah, that is one way to actually get rid of, to not have them harass you. They're not going to get rid of them. Interesting. All right. What do you say we get back to our boy Surrender? Yeah, let's hear what happened. All right. So our boy Surrender, he's, like I said, he's chilling outside, reading the newspaper, enjoying the polluted air. When four of these macaques approach, Surrender Grabs a broomstick to try to scare them away. That's, you know, that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't have a gun, can't shoot him, can't kill him. So he grabs a broomstick, tries to shoo him away, but somehow 
somehow during this, he loses his balance and falls off a ledge. Falls off the balcony, which happens to only be one story. However, if you land wrong, you could still, you know, you could still get hurt, seriously hurt. But he doesn't get serious hurt. He dies. He dies in the hospital the next day. So, death via monkey for this poor guy. Wow. Isn't that terrible? Yeah. Death via monkey. Come on. I hate monkeys. Yeah, it's like the most, it's just an unlucky one, you know? It's like a one in a million chance. Uh, I got got another monkey story that I might do next time. Yeah, so maybe one out of, two, maybe two out of a million. Maybe he angered the monkey god, you know, trying to go after him with a broomstick. I don't know. I don't know what the rules are for our our Hunaman, the monkey deity. But, uh, okay, so after his death, I will say that they are, the government is trying to tackle the problem a little bit more. Hmm. So they're, they're hiring a bunch of, uh, monkey, what do you call them? Monk, just uh, like monkey catchers, okay? They handle all this monkey mayhem. That was the, that was the name of this episode, by the way, monkey mayhem. Monkey mayhem. I forgot nice. to tell you. <laughs> I just saw it on my notes right here. Ah, I forgot. Nice. But yeah, they're trying to get rid of. They're trying to do something, so they they're trying to uh, capture them and put them in an area that there aren't as many people. Just trying to you know just put them in the forest, but uh-huh. the monkeys just keep coming back. Uh-huh. And uh, during a three year period in the mid two thousands, there there were over two thousand cases of monkey bites in Delhi. Ooh. Not maybe not one in a million because these they guys carry rabies or anything. Or? I'm sure they carry. I know for a fact they carry some diseases. I don't know what diseases they are. But uh, that is the story of Surrender, and I feel terribly bad for that. That is monkey mayhem. Hmm. All right, and that is our final story, Dave. Right on. Did you enjoy it. Yeah. Was it anything about anything what you thought it was going to be? Well, I, didn't, I had no idea what it was going to be. Oh, are you pleasantly surprised? Yeah. yeah you like it? Yeah, these are interesting stories, yeah. Good. And I've got plenty more of that come from, because this is going to be part one of Famous People Killed by Animals. Right on. We'll be coming at you with uh, part two next week. I've got some other great interesting stories involving animals, famous people, lots of death. Ooh, you're going to like it. Okay, well, one thing, one question I might get is, are, am I going to cover Steve Irwin? I'm, I'm, I'm not going to, probably not going to cover him in one of these mini, like a mini story of him, because we all know who Steve Irwin is, right? I love Steve yeah. Irwin. But, he was pretty recent. I think everybody knew him. Yeah, every, TV, pretty much. You know, he died yeah. in 2006. So everybody knew who he was. I don't think I'm going to cover him yet. Maybe I'll go into him more in a full episode. But I've got, I like to want to do some of these lesser known people. I've got a couple. I've got an Olympian, uh, an aristocrat, uh, an actor. Oh, we've got a bunch more coming up in part two, mm-hmm. coming out next week. So that is it. That is that is the episode. Thank you for stopping by. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. And thank you to our listeners. We'll be coming at you next week. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.